Welcome to another episode of Unlikable Female Characters, the podcast featuring feminist thriller writers in conversation about women who don't give a damn if you like them. I'm Kristen Lepianca, and I'm here with Lane Fargo. Hello. And Wendy Hurd. Hello. So this is our, like, one-year anniversary episode, ladies. Yes, we've been doing this for a whole fucking year. I mean, that's pretty badass, I think. Like... We got an idea, we did it, and we're still doing it. That's like, I mean, in this day and age, that is not nothing. Mm-hmm. And what I am most impressed by is that it has been an entire year, and we have not received a single message from a man complaining about how annoying our voices are. <laughs> yeah, it I is haven't. It is remarkable. Can you believe it? I can't believe it. I mean... Maybe we'll get one now. <laughs> <laughs> we, can, we can only... I mean, it will be a badge of honor once we finally do get one. I feel like we have such an array of annoying voices, like for the men to complain about too. I mean, we all have different voices, and mm-hmm. like where I don't know, I don't know. Maybe no trash men listen to our show. Maybe that's. I it. think that's probably more like it. Um. <laughs> <laughs> the question of unlikability is perhaps like even more in the air now than what it was when we started this podcast. It's interesting. Um, Kristen and I were at the BoucherCon uh, convention a few weeks ago, which is like a mystery thriller conference. Um, And there were so many questions. One might say too many questions about (laughs) unlikable characters, unlikable female characters specifically, um, how to make your characters likable, do, like, is your book less likely to sell if the characters aren't likable? Just like on and on and on. And it was mostly women asking these questions of all female panels at BoucherCon. At least that's what I recall, Kristen. Yes, agreed. Do you guys think it was, I'm asking for permission to write unlikable characters, or I'm afraid that if I do this thing I want to do, no one will buy my book? I kind of think it's the latter. Yeah, like people mm-hmm. saying, like, I'm concerned about my book not selling. And uh, that's really like, kind of a scary question that like people want to write these characters and they don't want to for like very practical reasons but like I get it mm-hmm. everybody wants their book to sell in a year of podcasting about unlikability I still have not nailed down what it is I mean it's like because you can be unlikable and relatable so it's not relatability no it's mm-hmm. unsympatheticness and I think it's maybe women trying to understand what the hell it is I'm supposed to be chasing. Yeah, well, yeah, and I think it's not just about books. Like, that's why people are so preoccupied with it, because uh, uh, these questions kept coming up. And I think by the end of the week, some of the authors who'd been on multiple panels and been asked this multiple times were getting kind of fed up and were kind of like, I don't want to talk about this anymore. Right. Like, this is a boring subject. Like, we should be moving on from this. Um and I just, like, we haven't moved on from it as a society. No. Women are still expected to be likable all the fucking time. Like, all yes. the time. And I feel that pressure so strongly Like when I'm at a conference like BoucherCon. I feel like I have to be on my best behavior and, like, be smiling and be, you know, all of that stuff. I mean, Wendy, you and I talked about this in our episode about Thriller Fest. I mean, the pressure is real. So, like, of course we're still obsessed with this. It's, it's expected of us every minute of every day. Right. It's like, it's... It's in fiction, it's in movies, but it's in real life. And, you know, you feel it at work, you feel it in your social life, you feel it with your family. It's real. And, like, do you think that men were walking around BoucherCon worrying about if they were smiling enough or looking unapproachable? No, they definitely weren't. No. (laughs) 
<laughs> they're definitely not worrying about like, oh, am I talking too much on this panel? Yeah. Or people actually want to hear what I have to say or right. am I sounding stupid or any of that stuff. I mean, I don't think so. No. Maybe a few. And, and I mean, we've all agreed that it's not, unlike ability, we're not talking about a lack of kindness. No. Kindness is mm-hmm. separate from this. It's not kindness. It's niceness. Yes. But still trying to define that is difficult because it's expression on your face. It's the way you emote. It's the way you make people feel using very subtle cues. Well, I think that like my theory of unlikability, uh, similar to Einstein's theory of relativity, it's perfect scientific like that, um, (laughs) is that like, you know, we say unlikable about anyone who does not conform for whatever reason to the very expected stereotypes and roles that women have been cast in forever and whether that's Mm -hmm. because you're not nice and accommodating or you're not interested in making yourself beautiful you're not sexually desirable any of those things can get that unlikable label it's really very much a catch-all term for all of these qualities that have nothing to actually do with whether someone is truly like likable it's just they're just not compliant that's my theory. theory that goes off of what you just said which is that a woman is supposed to be to adapt her personality to the audience. Meaning, mm-hmm. if I'm speaking to a man to man who would like to have sex with me, I'm supposed to be more seductive with him. If I'm in a setting with other women in the office, I'm supposed to be chaste and invirginal. If I'm in, like, I'm supposed to read the room at all times and adapt my personality to the audience. And mm. constant reading, constant adapting, constant reading, constant adapting. I, I feel like that's the social piece of likability. Yeah, or like something yeah. about like not being able, like not having the agency to be your own personality at all times. Like right, a constant, constantly adapting yeah. and accommodating other people's thoughts, feelings, whims, and needs. And how could that translate on the page though? Because every different kind of person is reading this book. And so maybe that is something that I could understand women trying to, come to terms with like I've spent my whole life adapting myself every moment of the day and how do I create a character who does that when the the thing I write stays the same no matter who reads it that's very interesting yeah well and characters who do that on the page though who kind of adapt themselves to all these different situations if you see them doing that they're often termed like manipulative or fake or something because people (laughs) are like this is an inconsistent character she's acting differently with different people I mean I've had that criticism of my book for sure Mm -hmm. and Kira is genuinely manipulative but um yeah there's really no winning with likability it's a trap it is a trap Um, and I think that like the thing about you know adapting and, and acting differently with different people like you're supposed to like do it under the radar like when you yeah when you sort of acknowledge that that's what's happening oh suddenly that's manipulative but like mm-hmm. in just regular life you're supposed to just sort of do that seamlessly you're supposed to do it so well that men and other women around you aren't aren't bothered by it it's mm-hmm. not too much and right. that actually is doing it more and there's all this narrative i think among men that like once they realize they have this feeling of like being tricked mm-hmm. or like women are scary, women are manipulative, women are conniving. Mm-hmm. And then there's like, oh shit, women are like terrifying. <laughs> we are. I mean, that's totally true. terrifying. I mean, legit. Like you should be afraid of someone who's learned to be that adept. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, that's like some like super spy school skills that every woman has just from living regular life. 
Yep. So why aren't we ruling the world again? I like, what's <laughs> honestly? <laughs> it's like we have this portfolio of skills, and yet the things we're using them for are so beneath us. <laughs> oh. Yeah, you said it. Oh yep. my god. Yeah, That's we're like encapsulating our last year right there. <laughs> yes, <laughs> amen. <laughs> <laughs> but I think uh, there's just endless things to discuss with this topic. Like, I am certainly not done with the likability question. I wish, like, we as a society could move on from that expectation of women, but we are not there yet. No, we're going to have a lot more to discuss on this podcast, especially in 2020. Um, since there'll be some major cultural events going on then. Yes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Into right now, but I'm sure we'll get into it next year. Well, one thing I wanted to tell you guys, um, you wonderful women, is that there's a couple things I've really enjoyed about working with you. And I just wanted to take a minute to say that, Lane, for you, I want to tell you that you, I, from, I have learned a lot from you this year. I feel like you have taught me to be okay with knowing what I want and thinking bigger. I feel like you have made me think bigger. And you have honestly made me think that I can get the things that I want. Uh, I know that we've joked about you writing a nonfiction book called, you know, be the bitch who gets what she wants. <laughs> but like, for <laughs> That's not real, a joke. I'm going to do that. <laughs> I think you need to do that. I think you could teach other women like me who have felt very insecure to think bigger. So thank Aww. you for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I Chris- love you. <laughs> I wanted to say that I've learned a lot from you this year. And Kristen, I feel like with you, I have learned from your attention to detail, I feel like I don't know anyone else who attends to the details as well as you do. And I feel like you're methodical. I feel like you're careful and your books win awards. And there's a reason for that because of, of how you approach problems. So I just wanted to say thank you because I've definitely learned a lot from that. Oh, you're so sweet. You are. And it's it really has been such a pleasure to work with you guys over the last year. And I'm excited about our continuing collaboration because whenever I tell people about this podcast, I'm always like, oh, we just started as as an excuse to talk to each other more and hang out. And that's kind of true. I just want (laughs) to hang out with you guys all the time. I know. (laughs) Yeah, it's definitely been a good thing. Yeah. On that note, should we roast some men? Yes, let's do it. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> so for our anniversary episode, we decided to do something super unlikable, which is um, read some choice passages by male authors. Some of these are sexy and some of them are just um, descriptions of, of women. Uh, anyway, most <laughs> most of them are, are filthy in some way, I would say. Is that fair? <laughs> fair Not description. safe for work. What is about to happen Not safe for work. to your ears. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yes. So if you're listening to this like out loud uh, at work, like I, I, I don't know. Don't do that. <laughs> I've, I've, stop. I've long had the joke that before you have sex with a man, you should give him the plank test and just watch him plank for a good minute. Just make sure that you want to get into this. But the other thing I've now decided after researching for this podcast, you should also ask him to write a sex scene. <laughs> because yeah. I feel like they are very confused about what we are what sex is anatomy what yeah yes there's definitely some troubling um lack of awareness about how things work how they should work and what a woman might possibly find pleasurable Mm-hmm. I also think from uh, just to start off, we should give a shout out to the men writing women uh, Twitter account and oh, there's a Reddit feed yes. also yes. because that 
a gold been, uh, mine like, source for for this stuff and they're like doing this work every single day yes so if you want to make fun of men every day please follow men writing women on twitter yes they are doing the lord's um, work for sure it's men underscore right underscore women if you want to go run over and die with us <laughs> <laughs> There's so much there. It's very upsetting. Um, <laughs> who wants to start? Um, can I start? Yes. Okay. Yes, please. All right. This is just a quick little snippet. And I think it sets a good tone for <laughs> what we're doing here. <clears throat> I pull my dress off and I'm naked. He reaches down and roughly grabs me between the legs. Whoa. I can feel what? his long, bony finger <laughs> slip inside me. His, no. <laughs> his thumb slides into the crack of my bottom um, and lifts whoa. me like a bowling ball, <laughs> a six pack, like I was light as a feather. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> can you fucking imagine? It's a, first of all, it's a very inconsistent imagery. Yeah, it really, it really is. Hold on. I'm like, what direction are we? I wasn't expecting the thumb to be in the back. Okay, no. so you're front, right. from like behind. I, okay, <laughs> fine. But <laughs> no, one, no, no one can ever lift me like a bowling ball. No, never. Also, there's something so unappealing about. I can feel his long bony finger. <laughs> like, oh, oh no, what? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was an excellent way to kick this off. Ah, it was good. very indicative. Good, good. Do we um, want to say who who wrote these? I don't or think are we so. Gonna, no, I don't think no. so. I think there I are. I feel okay. bad. Yeah, and there are a few that I'm not sure who wrote them. So let's just let's just leave it be a mystery. I'm sure that if anyone is curious to read these wonderful <laughs> works, um, they can Google them. Although I do think that if if we have like some major authors it's fine or dead authors it's fine <laughs> i mean there was one of mine i did want to call out by name and he'll never know because he doesn't he eschews the internet right and he also good for the internet. doesn't think women have points of view also clearly so right. that's true <laughs> yeah wait so can i start with can i do one of those yeah 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 okay so this is by jonathan franzen oh. i'm just gonna say it Right. A couple by Jonathan Franzen, <laughs> and he'll never know. He doesn't go on the internet. I don't even think he has a TV. He, he just sits alone and thinks deep thoughts and writes this bullshit. Right. Okay. <clears throat> this one's kind of long, so get ready. Okay. <laughs> Lalitha really was crazy for him, almost literally dripping with desire, certainly strongly seeping with it. She stared into his eyes with love and joy. She pronounced beautiful and perfect and wonderful the manhood that Patty had libeled and spat upon. What wasn't to like? He was a man in his prime. She was adorable and young and insatiable. And this, in fact, was what wasn't to like. (laughs) I'm sorry. Um, His emotions couldn't keep up with the vigor and urgency of their animal attraction, the interminability of their coupling. She needed to ride him. (laughs) She needed to be crushed underneath him. She needed to have her legs on his shoulders. She needed to do the downward dog and be whammed from behind. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, there's more. There's more. Just wait. (laughs) She needed. She needed so much more, you guys. (laughs) She needs a lot. She needed bending over the bed. She needed her face pressed against the wall. She needed her legs wrapped around him and her head thrown back and her very round breasts flying every which way. What? 
what is happening? Every which way. Every which way. What the it all fuck? seemed. <laughs> They're attached. <It> <laughs> Every which way, Wendy. Every way. <laughs> like juggling. Okay, okay, okay. It all seemed intensely meaningful to her. She was a bottomless well of mm. anguished noise, and oh. he was up for all of it. In good mm. cardiovascular shape, thrilled oh. by her extravagance, attuned to her wishes, and extremely fond of her. And yet, it wasn't quite personal, and he couldn't find his way to orgasm. <laughs> and this was a very strange and entirely new and unanticipated problem, due in part, perhaps, Mm. to his unfamiliarity with condoms and to how unbelievably wet she was. (laughs) It's her fault because she's too wet and he can't come because how dare she make him wear a condom after all that. After all that, After all that. Have the downward dog and then her face against the wall and then her head thrown back. Like, this is, this poor woman She's, has whiplash. She has done all of the things that need to be done and still it's not enough. No. It's that bitch. Whammed from behind. <laughs> Whammed. This is an award-winning literary author. I, I mean, wanna, and honestly, right. so this, uh, we can all agree that Jonathan Franzen is trash. But like, yes. not only is this like a terrible sex scene, the writing is actually very poor. <laughs> like, it is. It there's so many adverbs and oh, she was adorable. Mm-hmm. Like, what kind of. He was like this manly, grown man, virile, and she's like cute and adorable, and that's perfect. <laughs> but it's like, not perfect because she's insatiable, and he a can't horny have middle an orgasm. schooler. That's all he. Oh wants. my god! Wow. Oh, was bad. That was real bad. Barf. Okay. Really bad. <clears throat> Are you ready? Yes. He drops the bra to the floor, looks up into her eyes. It's too much. He kisses her chin, her mouth. Oh, too much. He slips his lips free with a soft suck. Moves up to kiss her strong nose. Till what? Le- <laughs> he moves back down till he is level with her breasts. They're small, she says. Surprisingly shy and apologetic. They're perfect, he says. <coughs> he, kisses. <sighs> he kisses them, teases a nipple with his lips. It's so soft and then suddenly hard. Wow. He sucks on the hard nipple. He has never done this before, and yet, no wait. Of course, it is totally familiar, the first thing he ever did. He feels the huge change in meeting and status. It is as though he has grown up in a single suck. Everything transformed, (laughs) and yet, nothing has changed at all. He sucks at a nipple as he lies on a bed, and it's 18 years later, and he sucks at a nipple as he lies on a bed, and his childhood falls away from him, like a burned-out booster stage. From a rocket. <laughs> oh my god. It's that one won a bad sex uh, award, right? This is sounding very familiar to me. He is now in orbit around a different planet. Oh yes, god. it won a bad sex award. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was well deserved. Oh, Why is so he bad. thinking about his mom? No, that's... Oh god. He's remembering being a baby? Breastfeeding? The- <laughs> hot so hot so sexy just... oh my god what <laughs> what do they really th- they can't do they think about that no i've never thought about that i was breastfed and i've been with women and i've never thought about that <laughs> no that is incredibly disturbing like 
oh, I have very, I have a lot of questions about that writer. Like, what, what, <laughs> what happened to him? It's like some men who do think about it, and then they're like, well, everyone thinks about this, right? Right, it's right, right. No, I'm just yeah. gonna put it into my novel, and then people are like, no, bro, no, no. no. All right, so this is an example from John Updike. Uh, who apparently won the Bad Sex Award Lifetime Achievement, which, I mean... Wow. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yes. Okay, so... <clears throat> uh, he, he had introduced her to the body of a young man and a new power relation to sex. She is the instigator, the admirer, the predator, the worshiper. She would crouch naked like a ravenous she-wolf, over first Toby's and then Tommy's body, marveling at the perfect skin, the clean scent, the fat, smoothed interlace of muscles, the beautiful, fresh-furred, unfailingly responsive genitals. They were so beautiful and monstrous, these glossy, erect pricks. Toby's circumcised, Tommy's not, that she had to take them in her mouth. She would command these young men to lie utterly still, and with a teasing, tormenting deliberation, Amid flurries of her little kisses and murmurs, the left hand gripping the taut member at the root, and the oh. right hand rapidly brushing her long, falling hair away from her lips, swallow their semen when, oh. with a live throb in her hand like that of a captured bird, Toby or Tommy came, pumping out a viscid, ropey, semi-transparent white substance, oh. the ambrosial, eggy-tasting oh. food of a savage goddess, gobs of it. So that no. it embarrassed these boys to look at her smeared, dazed face as she oh. crouched there, hungry for more. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I mean, I feel bad reading that because it's so upsetting. <laughs> what is? Okay, so I'm never eating again or having sex with a man again. No. <laughs> That's what I've decided today. The ambrosial, oh eggy tasting food of a savage goddess. Oh. Like, oh my God. Who? John Updike. What? <laughs> Okay, it's like a fire hose. It's like there's so much of it. It's just gobs of it. It's it embarrasses <laughs> Why is it them. In gobs. Oh, it's so horrible. <laughs> Why are they? That really does sound like a medical problem. It does. I mean, you, right. you should be embarrassed. The guys in the sex scene should be embarrassed. <laughs> they should. <laughs> also, like just the fact that this young woman is she just she just loves to go down on men i mean that's like her favorite thing in the world like that sounds super realistic right that right she just like she just can't get enough she loves the, the glossy erect pricks mm-hmm. so beautiful and monstrous oh and they're just <laughs> laying down side by side and she's just crouching on top of them going back and forth <laughs> <laughs> so awful the behavior of a real human woman yes sure. definitely what and here's a question when i had imogen read the sex scene it came up in that sex scene too which is like why is the metaphor for this woman so predatory and like right. threatening it's very it's like weird. a fun sexual thing to do like woohoo three-way let's do it and then, and then she's like a she-wolf gobbling down their dicks right. it's like what <laughs> Well, I mean, I, it's like, I don't know what's weirder, thinking about uh, breastfeeding during sex or, like, being devoured by a she-wolf. Like, what? these <laughs> Breastfeeding, that's weirder. <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. That, <laughs> it seems I more pathological. A, I took a sip of my tea right before you said that, and I almost just died. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh, oh, it's my so God. bad. I mean, I think what is fascinating to me about i mean and most of the the 
quotes I wrote down to you are from these like well-respected literary award-winning male authors. Yeah. So like not only are they writing this garbage, they're still like, like we make fun of it and they have like the bad sex awards and everything, but these are still very like <laughs> lauded authors who are out there selling a lot of copies of their books and winning awards and being taken seriously in a way that female authors rarely are. And certainly female authors who write a lot of sex scenes, so like romance authors, they're like made fun of all the time. There are no sex scenes in romance novels that are as bad as this. Like that is not <laughs> a thing. Um, So I have two that are like on a theme that are also sort of like, I'm just confused, so maybe we can <laughs> unpack this together. Okay. So the f- the first one is from Franzen again, and then I'll read another one um, on the same theme. So hold your questions to the end, I guess. <laughs> okay. I don't know. All right. <laughs> okay, so the Franzen one. <clears throat> one afternoon, as Connie described it, her excited clitoris grew to be eight inches long. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> a protruding pencil of tenderness mm. with what? which she gently parted the lips of his penis and drove what? herself down to the base of its shaft. Okay. Hold your hold your thoughts. <laughs> like what? like his penis is holding her eight-inch long clitoris. Just hold on to that. Um, so okay. then there's this other one which was featured on that Twitter account we mentioned uh, at the beginning of the episode. Okay. In our dawning mutual intimacy, I induce him to open the little slit in the head of his penis so I can put my clitoris inside and fuck him. What? What the fuck? Is that that from Smilla's Sense of Snow? (laughs) Yes, that's okay. Okay, okay, that's what I thought. Is this a common male fantasy? Like, what is going on here? What's going on? Like, I have, so yes, I have a question. Is it even possible? I don't <laughs> like. How, okay. Like, <laughs> I mean, if it I mean, is, I know that. <laughs> okay. I know there's like a fetish, like sounding, like that's a fetish, and that's fine if that's your thing. Like, no judgment, no, no kink shaming here. Right, right, but right. With the with the clitoris, like, yes, there is like erectile tissue, but it's not. It, <sighs> I mean, I can say this: in an intersex person, it is possible to have a clitoris that does like become long and erect like a penis. Like that is a, okay. a, an intersex like sec- sexual characteristic of very few people, but possible. So, is that possibly what's happening? I don't think so. I think they're just confused about female anatomy. Yeah, I don't think and Jonathan Franzen have- has the capacity to like intentionally write yeah. about an intersex person, like. He believes he was writing about a, a cis woman, for sure. As far as I know, I have not read this this whole book, and I won't. Right. Um, so my theory is that men like this, these like pretentious men, it's like they want to be fucked, but they're like afraid of the butt sex because there's like the button in there that will turn them gay. Right. right? Of course. <laughs> right. So they're coming up with these like outlandish, like almost sci-fi esque ways for like a woman to fuck them that doesn't involve anal penetration. It's like some deep psychological shit, but I also just want to like unknow it. <laughs> so I'm just thinking, I'm thinking about the logistics of this. So like if you were okay. to lay down and he were to be on top of you and instead of penetrating if he could like then just put it there and like you could really aim i don't think you'd be able to move around much i don't think you'd be able to move much no it seems like it would if it were possible it would very easily come out (laughs) 
That's right. Like, I mean, you could you could rub them together. Right. I guess. Why? I don't know. No. But I, I guess you could rub them together. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> it seems like there are a lot other much more pleasurable things that could be done than that. But okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. Well. <laughs> in, another, in another one I found, again, I feel like this man is both interested in and scared of sex um all right her hand is moving away from my knee and heading north heading unnervingly and with a steely will toward the pole (laughs) (laughs) and like sir ranulf fian pamela will not easily be discouraged i try twitching and then shaking my leg but to no avail at last disastrously I try squeezing her hand painfully between my bony thighs, but this only serves to inflame her ardor the more. Ever northward moves her hand while she smiles languorously at my right ear. And when she reaches the North Pole, I think in wonder and terror, she will surely want to pitch her tent. Uh, (laughs) No. Oh my God. What? I can't. Oh my god. <laughs> I just want to say that, like, women don't find dicks aesthetically pleasing as a general rule. Like, no. Can we, all, can we all agree? Like, you know, even if we enjoy having sex with men, which, we, you know, we're all bi, so we all are, like, attracted to men, it's not that part of them that we're attracted no. to that, like, inflames our ardor. <laughs> I've just been looking forward to this episode for so long. I want everyone to know that we've been talking about doing this for a long time and we were originally going to do it as a live event, but we couldn't like figure out when we were all going to be in the same city at the same time. But I would still love to do this. as. A live I think this someday, would translate like really well to a live event. Yes. We've talked yes. about like, okay, it has to be somewhere 21 and over. Yes. It has to be somewhere they're like willing to let us do this. <laughs> If anyone is listening to this and has ideas for like where we could do this as a live event, if anyone wants to have us come and read filth in their establishment, <laughs> yes, we, are we will always ready, happily, re- happily ready. ready to do so. <laughs> All right, Kristen. All right, so I have another uh, John Updike from the same book um, that the other one was from, The Widows of Eastwick. And now this one, this this scene confuses me a great deal. It's like I'm not exactly sure why anyone would think a woman would want any of these things at all but the scene itself seems to be i haven't read the entire book but it seems to be uh a man and a woman have had sex and this guy is bi or previously was gay and is now having sex with this woman so a lot of their conversation is um kind of around that and it is a very odd conversation okay so uh she says I had no idea how big you were. Oh, God. I'm sorry. It's something you can't help. She says, don't say things like that, Chris. You're the pitcher now. Say things like, there it is, baby, all of it. Take it to the hilt, you cunt. I'm going to womb you, you bitch. What? What? Womb? W-O-M-B. Yes, and and it's italicized. Like, I'm going to womb you. Like, okay. Okay. And then she adds, but that's with a vagina, and I won't inflict that on you yet. 
What? I'd be happy with just your mouth. You have a nice mouth and your hand. She laughed wickedly and flicked his engorged glands with her grainy tongue, keeping her eyes rolled upwards towards his face. Uh, Then I'm going to skip ahead a little bit. Tell me, he said, beginning to act like the pitcher. Tell me about these guys you let butt fuck you. Don't be jealous, she continued to tease. One of them was my first husband. He was latent, I can see now that I've lived more. He despised women. If they acted at, acted at all uppity, he called them butch. It turns out he was the one who was butch. He tried to sell it to me as a handy method of contraception. It didn't do a thing for me but sting the next time I took a shit. <laughs> the scene is just what? awful. It's like... Tr- what so, is happening? I know. This is the worst. It's <sighs> so painful. So, okay. She says, let's concentrate on us. Do you want to see my vagina? Have you ever looked at one? Of course, he says. Do you want to see my vagina? She says, why, of course? Many men haven't. They're scared to. It's the Medusa's head that turns them to stone. What? Uh Uh-oh, you're losing your stoniness. I guess you're not ready to think about vaginas yet. What? Why are they afraid? (laughs) She said nothing then, her lovely mouth otherwise engaged, until he came all over her face. She had gagged and moved him outside her lips, rubbing his spurting glands across her cheeks and chin. What? He had wanted to cry out, sitting up as if jolted by electricity as the spurts, the deep throbs rooted in his asshole, continued. Rooted (laughs) in his asshole. Wow. Wow. Okay. That one just, like, kept getting worse. It was, like, I thought it was bad, and then it just, like, kept happening. Much like his spurting glam. Well. Okay. I was, like, wait, 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 wait. He's coming, and she's rubbing his balls on her face while he's coming. Is that what that is? Yes. And then the scene goes on to describe how her face gleamed with his jism in the spotty light of the motel room. Like, John Updike is fucking obsessed with cum. It's, I, What? Why? It's so dreadful. Oh, I am a gas. I, I, <laughs> I feel like the more we read, like we're starting to get like, oh god, <laughs> like, oh, this horrifying. is getting very Again, disturbing. I'm the theme of men being deeply afraid, threatened. Yes, mm-hmm. it's, it's scary to put it in there. Who knows what she'll do to it? Right, that's probably where the 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 ravenous she wolf thing comes in. Like a, a a woman who likes sex is a monster. She's an animal. She's she might kill us. Who knows? What do mm. they think is inside there? There's all things that they're afraid of, but like, what do you think might happen? You just take it out. If I mean, I don't get it. I mean, I guess <laughs> they think it's like a like a, a trap. trap like a venus like a fly trap finger trap yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's a boa constrictor right like we talked about that yes. with, uh, and a pepper a grinder and it's swallowing you and squeezing you at the same time so oh, you know. oh my god can't get away okay well before we move on to just talking about like how men describe women um there was one more that i wanted to i would be remiss if I did not mention, and oh, I think we'll all we'll all recognize this one. The girl had a tiny purse <laughs> tucked into her vagina. Oh God! Do remember this? Yes, the yes. vagina purse, but the purse just big enough to hold her driver's license, a credit card, and a few bucks. 
let's <clears throat> unpack this like a tiny vagina purse. Like, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it's a driver's I, license and a few dollars and a credit card. Okay. So it's at least like uh-huh. three and a half inches long and, you know, uh-huh. two and a half inches wide, possibly like a I half an inch deep. that you like could put that inside you but i believe when this was making the rounds on twitter i think it was amina akhtar who we've had on the show before i remember i think it was her i remember her tweeting like oh the corners think of the corners (laughs) corners. yes like that's it's not the size it's the like it's the sharp it's the edges for sure i mean like yeah it's also the shape it's not yeah it's not not like the length shaped object no Mm -hmm. oh god but i think this scene, if you read more of it, it seems it's like a it's like a dead woman that they're talking about. She's yeah, they like a, found a her. They mm-hmm. found her. And they all talk about this in like a very like, oh, yeah, she had a purse in her vagina and we found her ID in there. Like, it's normal. <laughs> it's just a thing that women do. Right. We just like keep stuff up. But we don't have pockets. So like, what are what are we supposed to do? Right. I think they're confused because they've heard of women like smuggling drugs into prison and stuff in their vaginas. Sure. And so they're like. Okay, well, not a, why not a credit card? Right. <laughs> why not a whole handbag? It seems like there's space in there. <laughs> a small... Why not her wallet? I mean, it's, a, it is the wallet of the body. Is it not? <laughs> <laughs> That's the quote. <laughs> I, I wanted to read you guys something that... I know last time when I was with Imogen, we talked about the alabaster skin. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Can I just read you one really quick in case any readers or listeners are like, you know, what are they talking about? I just have like a one paragraph in case you're wondering what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. May I? Yes. Yes. He studied Niza as she lay on the stone floor. Such smooth skin, lovely cheeks, flowing hair and that narrow waist. Even pale with death and splattered with dried (laughs) blood. She was beautiful. Normally he couldn't stare. Wouldn't dare ogle the countess, but nothing stopped him now. Her breasts, normally something he would be eager to inspect, repelled him. He refused to look at the wound, that dark, ugly depression, near where her hands were folded. Christopher wasn't squeamish, but that hole in her chest was disturbing. What a waste. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Oh, the nerve of her becoming unattractive in death. In Dead. Yes. She's dead. <laughs> literally dead but i'm like he says he's repelled but he still sounds like he wants to fuck her what so a waste can't be that repelled. what a waste what a waste oh my god smooth skin flowing hair narrow waist and then you're like oh and dead <laughs> no dead first dead first that is the first descriptor yes oh my god <laughs> wait i have to read this other one i have then because it's like along the same lines and this is also by an award-winning author and this is supposed to be from the point of view of a woman Ooh. looking at like like talking about uh, a murder victim uh, who's also a woman. So, okay. She remembered her smooth, beautifully shaped breasts. This is the woman remembering the murder victim's breasts. Oh. <laughs> so different from my own underdeveloped chest, she thought. Oh, God. But those beautiful breasts are now gone forever. <laughs> and then she, like, talks about the crime that she was, like, handcuffed and strangled with a bathrobe belt and all this stuff. I what? Won't go into that. Ugh. A troubled young woman walking toward the abyss of destruction. She had beautiful breasts as well. She mourned the deaths of these two friends deeply. It saddened her to think that these two women were forever gone from the world, and she mourned their lovely breasts. Breasts that had (laughs) vanished without a trace. There's so many words. Why? 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 Supposed to be a woman. (laughs) I want to tell you. I have small uh, boobs. Murakami, by the way. Uh, Yeah, that's what I figured. 
I'm the itty bitty titty committee over here. And I'm just saying, I'm not sitting here tripping about whether you have bigger boobs than me. You're dead. It's not what I'm thinking about when you're dead or alive. Well, it's like ever. The, these writers are like, because I, I, a man, I think about breasts all the time. So obviously women do too. Like, I feel like it's, it's like an inability to understand different perspectives. <laughs> I I would like to um, add a, a one about breasts to this portion of the episode. Uh, also, um, we have an occurrence of alabaster again. God. Mm. My laughing face mocked me from the mirror. Breasts meant for fondling with pert, darker <gasps> nipples dominated the upper torso and below oh god. god help me i'd have a dozen children once i found a husband ash blonde hairs covered my cunning mount dimpled cunning dimpled for dalliances what? legs like alabaster delights tapered into small but not tiny feet i wriggled my toes how i loved a man's kisses on those and on other parts too for all my love of food, I still measured a satisfactory 39, 25, 39, which, according to screen magazines I read out of school, meant a woman worth cultivating. Into what? I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't even water know her start with that. Uh, turn her, she will, she will bear fruit. I guess that's what that is. Yeah. You, water, you nurture her, she will bear yeah. fruit. Yeah. Gross. Ugh. But that will ruin the 25 part of that equation. Yes. So what will we do? <laughs> throw the whole woman just out. throw it out even throw it out. even her her giant breasts um <laughs> i i'm i'm especially like intrigued is not the right word but the the part uh my cunning mount dimpled for dalliances dimpled like, what dimpled a dimpled <laughs> <laughs> well it's, if it has pubic hair on it you can't s- dimpled a cun- cun- <laughs> cunning like what Again, it's cunning in that it's, is it cunning in like, what a cunning performance, like cute, sweet, or is it cunning, like manipulative? It's so hard to say. I have one where they say, with each breath, her breasts visibly pulsated beneath her blood. <laughs> That's not how breathing pulsated. works. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. I have a... Uh, another example of of what a woman thinks about herself and this one is kind of interesting because uh, this is a depiction of a lady writer um in her own mind oh god i cannot wait all right barefoot she was barely five six but the power she radiated added half a foot she was 38 years old and cut like marble defined but not obscenely muscular sexy but not grotesque Every line, every curve was deliberate and necessary. She cranked the handle of the shower hard to the right and the water shut off. Warm droplets fell from the chrome shower head and onto the nape of her neck as she toweled herself dry. She didn't bother getting dressed. Padding naked up the spiral staircase to the first floor, Moore crossed the sleek, cool living room of her Hollywood Hills home to where a hinged metal stand rose from the floor like the rib of a robotic god. She opened a laptop that rested on the shelf of corrugated steel. For the next two hours, she wrote, her naked body kissed by the early morning sunlight. <laughs> this was her ritual. Wait, she's writing naked? She's writing naked and standing up. And standing she's just up? like standing naked, writing. It seems cold. Like her ass cheeks aren't like sticking to the chair because that was my first concern. <laughs> 
seems very cold. Like, I feel like I would be cold doing Yes. That. And uncomfortable. Very uncomfortable. Um, but it goes on, unfortunately. Of course it does. Uh, this was her ritual, writing nude as the last of the stars were forced from the brightening blue sky. She barely slept, three or four hours at most. Each waking moment was devoted to a necessity. Eating, drinking, fucking, exercising, writing. Well, hopefully not eating too much. No, her mind was like a series of intricately connected traps. As soon as one was sprung, the next was set. Every day she tried to adhere to the same strict work routine. Three hours of writing, no interruptions, no exceptions. An hour for lunch. At least four more hours of writing in the afternoon. Most writers were lucky if they produced 10 pages a day. When her routine was undisturbed, Moore never failed to add 20 pages to her novel. If she was working on a screenplay, the total was never less than 30. She never suffered from writer's block. That was for the weak. The undisciplined. She likened writing prose to fucking. It was raw. It was rough. And as long as she was satisfied, nothing else mattered. The readers would feel from her strength, or they would be cast aside. If they couldn't handle her stories, she didn't need them. Although I do kind of like that last line, to be honest. Um... So yes, this, so there's this. Does she get like dressed when she gets lunch, or does she have to stay naked? I think all day? she probably stays naked because uh, every waking moment was devoted to a necessity, Wendy, and oh. clearly getting and dressed is not on not one of them. Yeah, it was not on the list. Not on the no, list. No, no, fucking exercising, writing, yes, getting dressed, no. And you can do all you, those things naked. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, because so. you have to stay naked because you're going to have sex later, and you might as well efficiency. Exactly. I have one here that says she had nipples that flashed like signs from God through her sweater. <laughs> I was flat chested, plain as a banister. I made people feel judged. <laughs> Whoa. Oh my God. That took a turn. <laughs> <laughs> these these women point of views are pretty are pretty stellar. Oh. I bet they think they're being so daring, but they're like, I'm writing about a woman with small breasts like i'm really like <laughs> they think this is some sort of statement it, this on their is like part. really like sub- really subversive like <laughs> it's really subversive i mean what could be worse than having small breasts you would just think about it all day long all day and long. constantly compare yourself to other women and you wouldn't have time to do anything else well it's that same thing that it's like your body is a statement about your character right mm-hmm. <laughs> even if it was just something you were born with like small boobs bad eyes glasses you know, like these are all things that say something about us as a moral human being. Yeah. Well, I just want to say, Wendy, your small boobs have never made me feel judged. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> have one last thing that I would like to talk about, which is I'm not sure if y- either of you saw this while researching all of this trash, but I read this article about. Um, an experiment to analyze books to see the types of adjectives used to describe men versus women. And uh, in general, adjectives ascribed to women tend to describe physical appearance, whereas words that refer to behavior go to men. And now here's a a little list. So for uh, adjectives describing women, on the positive side, beautiful, lovely, chaste, gorgeous, fertile, beauteous, sexy, classy, exquisite, vivacious, vibrant, Negative, battered, barren, shrewish, heartbroken, unmarried, undernourished, nagging. But then, uh, nice, charming. I'm really puzzling over fertile. Yeah, like, you can't just like look at a woman I and tell. I wondered about that. You definitely can't. No, that's really strange. 
Uh, really strange. But then from you seem okay. like you're regularly ovulating. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for men, though, the positive adjectives are just, sound, righteous, rational, peaceable, prodigious, brave, reliable, honorable, and negative, unsuitable, unreliable, lawless, brutish, bigoted, unjust, brutal. So nothing about appearances positive or negative no, like for saggy ball sack no anything. no cool. um but there's a lot of like beautiful chaste fertile like this is weird yeah and apparently well, it, uh analyzed 3.5 million books published between published in english between 1900 and 2008 and these were ugh. the findings oh wow Oh, well, stunning. this has been horrifying and delightful. Yes. And I love you both. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we've got uh, two more episodes this year, right? So we're going to do um, our holiday gift guide where we tell you guys all about like what you should buy for the unlikable bitches in your life. I have lots of ideas already. I don't know about nice. you guys. Definitely. And then um, we're going to have a very special episode that will come out on Christmas Day about the greatest Christmas movie of this or any year, which is, Kristen, do you want to tell the people what that movie yes, is? Yes, Hustlers. Yes, the greatest gift of all. Um, and we will be joined by a special guest for that episode as well. So that is our Christmas gift to you. And um, yeah, thank you for going on this journey with us. <laughs> We're sorry. <laughs> yeah. No, we're not. We're not sorry. <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> That's it for this episode of Unlikable Female Characters. Don't forget to subscribe. And you can also follow us on Twitter at UnlikableFCPod for updates, book recommendations, and angry feminist rants. Our website is unlikablefemalecharacters.com. And we're also on Instagram at unlikablefemalecharacters. Thanks for listening. Oh, 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 oh,